0: Hey, I'm Goodman, The Hot Nerd, bringing you another episode of The Hot Nerd Podcast. Before we dive on into this thing, make sure you head over to the website, www.thehotnerd.com. Follow along on all things social media, at The Hot Nerd, except for Twitter, because it is super duper special. It Nerd TheHopNerd1. Make sure you send me an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com. Check this out, I got a fancy new one, sam at dot Com. Pretty cool. Send me an email at either one of those. Make sure you slide into the DMs. Check out the website. As I said, send me a text message to this handy dandy hot nerd cell phone number. 4808770155. Text, call, leave me a voicemail. All that kind of fun stuff. So I've got a really awesome guest on today. And I have some amazing guests on which I'm very thankful for. But this one is one of my best friends. Friends in the entire world. Today we have on the one, the only, the amazing, and the great Patty Kapperman. So Patty has a background in safety. I believe she has some background in environmental. She has a CSP, all that kind of fun stuff, spent a lot of years in safety, and then over the past few years has rolled over to the human and organizational performance side of things. And Patty is an awesome Practitioner, And I think those folks, those are the conversations I like to have. I think we have plenty of this lofty theoretical discussion that we get to argue about on LinkedIn with all the uh, all the snooties and the snobbies, right, that, that, that don't like to talk about actual practice. Um, but the really fun part about folks like Patty is we get to talk about this stuff actually really taking place in the real world it happens it's kind of cool if you go out and look at businesses we're actually doing this kind of stuff so it's kind of neat and that's what mine and Patty's conversation is all about so you're gonna love it I'm giving you some background on Patty because we kind of did this last minute spur of the moment um, and Patty's microphone was off (laughs) during her introduction so I'm giving you a little bit of introduction and we're going to pick up right after we realized that her microphone was off. So the rest of the conversation is pretty good. This is Patty Kapperman, the hot nerd, Sam Goodman. We're outside sitting, uh, sitting on a, on a bench around a table, um, outside of a Wabba Grill in downtown Tempe, Arizona, um, having a conversation about real deal implementation of human and organizational performance in the real world, doing learning teams, all those kind of things. It's super cool. Enjoy. I'll follow up with you after. That
1: wasn't even on.
0: No. <laughs> okay. So we might have to
1: start that one over. <laughs>
0: Not too much. We, we could probably still run with it, but let me let me do this. I'll have you reintroduce yourself so everyone can. Well, can now hear I don't remember you. what I said. <laughs> the first one I thought probably got it. I probably got it in there. It should be fun. Uh, but that's pretty cool. So that's that's kind of a giveaway that, um, or it should be a giveaway that I'm going to talk to somebody that's that's involved in hop, and that's that's the really cool thing um, for folks out there that will get to hear from Patty is that. That she is a hot practitioner. You know, she's a human and organizational performance consultant. She's a practitioner, and that's that's usually what most folks don't hear a lot from. We hear a lot from the kind of loftier thinkers and kind of those folks, but we don't really get to hear much from folks that actually go out and make this stuff happen in organizations. Um, and what I really, what I was thinking about, because we didn't really go into this with the subject, and I was thinking about it as we were driving, trying to find a Starbucks to do this at, um, I was really thinking about what I wanted to talk about. And I would really like to pick your brain a little bit on learning teams or stuff that, that you would like to share with folks out there about learning teams. Um, it's safe to say that they, we can all assume that they pretty much know what learning teams are. Um, but how would you, what would be some pro tips that you'd give folks out there about getting learning teams started in their organizations?
1: Well, the first thing is um, really trying to get people to understand that um, the employees at the front side of the work are the ones that are able to really solve those problems. And they are going to provide the best insight into how the work is done. It's interesting that uh, uh, discovered after doing a a learning team or two that when you get all the people, all the people who interact with a system in the same room together, you realize pretty quickly that a lot of times they have never gotten together as one whole group to look at the entire process as a unit. So everybody does their own little thing without really knowing how that impacts other parts of the organization. So they're really important from that standpoint. But in terms of starting them within your organization, it's just making sure you've got the right people People in the room, um, you know, don't go just too far too fast. You you really got to make sure that you're you're getting the learning out of them, and that you're developing um, really controls. Um, Out of those, it's super important that we're not looking at just administrative fixes because administrative fixes are very easy to bypass, go around, misunderstand, miscommunicate, and all of those types of things. So, you know, definitely the frontline involvement is super, super important, actually probably the most important thing that you can do there.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I like the point that you bring out on starting small um, because so often it seems like we see organizations that once they get get a taste of hop, uh, and especially of learning teams, they kind of want to sort of use them for everything, and they want to take on these huge, massive problems in their organizations. And then as with anything, they seem to fall flat, and then the response isn't that great. So um, how do you measure that? How do you get folks to understand that they're that they're not for everything?
1: Um, <laughs> That's a tough one because you're right. Everybody wants to jump in and do learning teams. Everybody, once they start finding out, especially the, the employees, once they start finding out that they've got a voice that we want to hear, all of a sudden, you know, people are willing to participate. They want to participate. You get leaders who think they can do a learning team for everything. Um, so it's really tough to, to try and manage that and control that. But I think really stopping and looking at, uh, obviously, you have events that are occurring as you go through, near misses, good catch. close calls, those types of things that you need where learning teams would really be a benefit. But, um, I also think that looking for areas for improvement before events have actually occurred are really important. So looking for areas where you've got single point failure opportunity is super important. Mm -hmm. To really stop and and look at that and say, can we use a learning team here to, to improve this process before the event ever occurs is more of a betterment opportunity. I know we use them frequently in retrospect after an event happens, but there's so much opportunity to do them ahead of time if we spend the right resources. But if we do learning teams for every after every event happens. You know, we we know, I think we understand, I think everybody pretty well understands that it's not the little stuff that um you know, the stuff that's always traditionally been at the bottom of the pyramid, that's not the stuff that's going to kill us. So if we take the time we spend on that and start spending it on these learning teams where we can find betterment opportunities to build capacity in our systems, we're we're much further ahead in the game.
0: Yeah, and that's that's what I've seen too with a lot of that is that uh, when we do get on that path of trying to do them for everything, of course we find the situations where they won't work and then we'll have kind of the naysayers go, Oh look, see they don't work. This whole this whole thing just is a crock, right? So making sure that we're doing them in the right situations and making sure that we're we're using them correctly. Yeah I think does go a long way.
1: You really need to have people who are trained in facilitating to know when they just aren't going to get what they're hoping to get out of that learning team right. and call it quits before you spend a lot of resources. Just because you've already spent time in something and you've got sunk costs into it doesn't mean you need to continue it. Yeah. If in the long run you're not going to get out of it what you need, it's, it's time to, to cut your losses and move on to the next thing. I
0: think that's a really interesting point because it seems like when, when most folks start a learning team, they, they, they're shy. They don't want to do that. Um, but I, I know you've been involved in situations. I've seen situations like that as well where you just started and you go, look, this just isn't learning rich. This is not this is not worth their time it's just it's just not and being able to admit that is, is an amazing thing and again kind of cut, cut your losses and move on to something that's more valuable.
1: Well and I think the the employees want to spend their time where it's valuable and everybody's really busy right now um, uh, everybody's always really busy so finding time they're taking extra time out of their schedule to do something extra in this learning team that if it's not beneficial, Let's stop and, and move on to something else that is. I, I don't think the employees really have much of an issue with that. Yeah, um, They're on board with it. We just have to – the big key is just making sure you're doing the right thing, um, you know, at the right time to give you the opportunity to improve your organization and to learn.
0: Yeah, and that's that's where I found, too. I think that um, most organizations kind of start with the ideas of learning teams and for those that don't realize, that is a trash can that's being wheeled around in the in the background. We're again the ambiance here, but I think one of the one of the biggest things that comes out of that is realizing that there's lots of other tools that you can use besides a more formalized learning team. You can use more informal learning teams for some of those smaller problems. You can use um, one of the things I'm a big fan of right now is these kind of bring-to-meetings. Where you say, hey, here's a problem, everybody suggests two, two solutions, and that's super informal. And you just, I think you start to uncover other methods of learning, not to say that that stuff isn't valuable, but it might just not warrant that formal learning team process for some of those smaller fixes. Black line, blue line I means just gaining operational intelligence in other ways, I think it helps you solve some of those problems.
1: Yeah, those are all forms of, of learning, and they're great opportunities to open up lines of communication, to really figure out where, th- where the company thinks you're performing and where the teams really have to perform in order to get the work done and you're right i mean learning teams are certainly important a formalized learning team for where there there's you know potential for catastrophic failure and i think they should be reserved quite frankly for a lot of that because it does take quite a few mm-hmm. man hours to put those together and time and resources so we have to make sure that time is well spent we can't just you know pull people in anytime you know we feel like it for any reason it needs to provide value to the organization. Yeah.
0: And I think that that's that's exactly it. I, I had a conversation with somebody just the other day talking about that. Organizations do this thing where they they, they find something that's really neat and works, and then they, they think that's the one right way now to do stuff. And I, trust me, I'm a huge fan of learning teams. I think they're amazing. Um, but just in this conversation I was having, we were talking actually about root cause analysis um, and different methods of root cause analysis. And, you know, root cause analysis has its place, right? Um, a learning team has its place. Uh, a bring-to meeting has its place. Black-line, blue-line meetings have their place. And I think that's the, the bigger realization that an organization has to have is that it's not one-size-fits-all for every event, every type of learning, everything that you want to discover in and around operational learning. You really have to try to figure out what's the best tool for the situation that you're in. I
1: right. And every... You're never going to have two events that are exactly the same. There's always going to be things that are different that play into that. So one event, you know, you did a learning team on it. Another similar event occurred. So, But maybe you don't need a full learning team on it. Maybe the Blue Line Black might black line meeting is more important or the bring to meeting or even just to recap and come, okay, this didn't work. What do we do next? Um, there's just so many different ways to move um, our organizations forward that to pigeonhole yourself with just one way is um, very detrimental to any organization. And I think we right. need to keep the, the thought process open, keep reading, keep learning from each other, keep listening for what's going on. Mm-hmm. I'm looking for new and improved ways to to do things this is this is an evolution along the chain of safety performance improvement and it's just the next stop of what we now know
0: right and I, I think you you brought out a really interesting point there that um all of this kind of learning stuff that we're talking about what we're really trying to do whether whether we're using a learning team or a listening session or or um, a black line blue line meeting we're doing exactly that we're trying to position ourselves as the organization to be able to listen to employees, to put ourselves in a position of asking them what they need. Um, So I think that is a really interesting way to put it. It's exactly we're trying to put our ear to the ground almost and find out how things actually happen in the real world. And that's new for most organizations. That's kind of scary because when we ask to learn, we can't be mad when they when they teach us something right when they show us something that we didn't expect to hear when they say when you, you know you think that's bad, let me show you how we could kill somebody over here. We have to be in that position to say thank you and be be, be prepared for that. Um, how do you help get folks? over that hurdle especially leaders and kind of higher up the food chain of an organization because that's a scary thing to say you're going to hear about more incidents your incident rate's going to go up probably and you're going to hear about a lot of scary stuff that you didn't hear about in the past and you probably thought everything was fine but it kind of sort of wasn't. How do you get them over that 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 initial fear?
1: Yeah that's that's a a good question and that's a tough challenge because every leader obviously um, has their own unique experiences and personalities and um, even their own journey. Everybody's on on this own little path um, through their own um, unit that they might be working in, and so that constant listening coaching uh, there's a lot of coaching up in this um trying to get leaders to better understand how they respond really does matter and trying to get them to respond with the idea of you know i can totally see where i would have done that you know even if they may, may not verbally admit it they can say to themselves i i can see it i was at a presentation recently where um, they were talking about a stoplight And to to show the demonstration of, you know, people breaking rules and, you know, and so, you know, the question was, would you wait at a stoplight for two minutes? would you wait for four minutes, six minutes, eight minutes? And by eight minutes, everybody in the room had raised their hand that they would have left or run that red light. See, so everybody at some point is willing to break a rule. Um, So, you know, we have to be open-minded to that, that people are people and um, we're all wired individually, but we're all wired to get from point A to point B in the least painful method possible. So shortcuts are going to be taken. We're going to hear more. We have to want... we really have to earn the trust that we want to hear more, and, and that's when we're really going to start to open up and hear the things that we're going to cringe about. But save your cringing for behind closed doors. Have that open and honest discussion, because if you don't really know what's going on out there, there's no way we can work to fix the, the issues.
0: Right, and I think that's that's a big place where I think most organizations find themselves in, because um, we've all kind of lived through this year, these years and years and years of... Um, I'm the pick-on-zero guy, so I'll just say the, the, the suckiness of zero culture and all that stuff, and it's driven a lot of our, our reporting underground, and most organizations are kind of operating blind because you're, you're just hearing a fraction of the amount of this learning that's actually going on, and you really still don't even get to learning. Um, so I think that is it. Once you once they actually have their eyes open and you start to build that honesty in the organization, you start to develop truth-tellers then the floodgates kind of open, and that can be kind of shocking, but I think to kind of couple that with the whole thought on learning teams, once you start showing them that we can actually take that stuff and learn from it and actually create betterment in the organization, it seems like they start start to come around to that idea.
1: Right, you know, we, we talk a lot about um, the employees at the the pointy end of the, the stick, at the, the face of the, the work, and the exposures they have, and the further away people get from the actual work itself, they truly don't understand all of the risks and the hazards that the employees are exposed to on a regular basis, and yet, you know, we create rules and policies and procedures and all, and provide tools and equipment and resources when we don't really understand the work and even if we did the work 10 years ago um you know technology has changed equipment has changed engineering has changed resources have changed management has changed right. so we've got to stay open to those things and really listen to our employees to tell us what's working what's not working
0: yeah and so much of that to me is as i've kind of gone through this journey too is, is really waking up and realizing that um, and as an organization, waking up and realizing that there's not one right way to do things. There's not one wrong way that leads you to failure, right? It's understanding that and going out and learning as many of those ways as you possibly can that leads us to success. And that kind of leads us around to kind of full swing with learning, um, to learning from success. How how important is that to an organization that's going out on a hop journey, um, trying to learn from how work actually happens and learning from the successful stuff? Because most organizations get it right 99% of the time. Sure. so.
1: Sure. the The um, concern for me is that we don't spend enough time learning how we do it right because human error exists, right? right? Human error exists in successful work just as often as it does in unsuccessful work. And unfortunately, we always focus on the unsuccessful pieces of that. We don't spend nearly enough time looking at the successful work because there's always failure. Right. There's always error, but not all error is negative. Sometimes, you know, sometimes serendipity plays a part there and we're just <laughs> right, right. we're just doggone lucky that uh, we're successful today and, and the stars align for us in the right way instead of the wrong way. But we can learn from that um, probably more than we're going to get more learning from looking at successful work because we have more successful work than we have failure.
0: Right, and that's that's what I find interesting with it because especially nowadays um, in organizations where we've become so um, super, I won't even say reliable, but we've become really, really good at preventing bad things from happening, I mean, it seems like when bad things do happen, we don't have many that are similar. Um, and then so with that, and even beyond that, our data set is just smaller in general just because we've prevented so many things already, right? And I think so much of our organizations, as we go out and look at the stuff, we're kind of over on prevention. It kind of hinders us a little bit more in that space. Um, but just where I'm really going with that is that just this whole general data set is that just going out and looking at successful stuff, we've got roughly 99% more data than what we do with anything else, right?
1: Exactly. And because there hasn't been an investigation around it, people are still willing to talk about it. Right. Uh, especially in cultures where um, discipline is still an issue. If you get into the successful work part of it, there hasn't been the, the terminology and the atmosphere around it that something somebody's in trouble, something was done wrong. So there's a, just a lot more mm-hmm. opportunity to learn there. A lot more opportunity, even for the the frontline leader and the immediate manager, to really get a lot more information o- about the work that their employees are doing. Yeah. Um, you know, and this is true whether you're in a factory, um, you do work along the roadside, um, you know, you're you're in a mine somewhere. It doesn't matter where you're at. There's so much successful work out there that gets done um, because people are innovative, they're creative, right. they're resourceful. And they have a lot of really really good ideas but when we don't look to them for that information or those resources um, we lose
0: right right because it's happening anyways right right it's, it's already happening whether whether we like it or not the blue line is happening right <laughs> this is, this is life um, and I, yeah exactly um, I think I think that's a really really interesting place to kind of probably start to finish up but for those folks that are that are out there and they're kind of on the fence about this kind of learning team stuff, they're hearing it and they're kind of going, I don't know. Um, What are some, what are some benefits that, that organizations see? I mean, kind of beyond learning, I think we mentioned kind of honesty a little bit, but. um.
1: Well, first of all, you're starting to build trust with your employees because you know, coming out of that learning team meeting, you have to react differently. You've just Mm -hmm. asked them to open up and tell you, which rules they may have violated, which procedure they didn't follow, um, you know, which process they didn't do the way the book said they were supposed to. So you're asking them to open up and tell you what really happened. So you're building some trust there, you're getting some honesty, you're also developing um, um, communication among yeah. different work groups as you know as we first started talking out today I talked about a learning team that I was doing and and we're getting groups of people in rooms and they've never looked at a process as a whole unit right and so now they're developing resources and so if something doesn't feel right doesn't seem right it doesn't doesn't look right they now have more than the person that provided them with the work to go to and ask for clarification so yeah. there's a lot of more like team building kind of yeah. um, issues going on but trust is definitely a big one and i think a lot of organizations are, are missing that and really lacking yeah. that with their employees
0: and i think that's that's one that i found more recently that it kind of God, i've kind of become awake to is that even if you put everybody in a room and you don't come up with an exact fix. Uh, we'll just say a quote fix for that event or a really good corrective action or whatever we want to call it for that event, you still learn something. Mm-hmm. And I can't say that I've seen several learning teams that you're like, well, we didn't really change the event or fix anything with the event, but we found like 12 other ways to just make things better. And that's where I've kind of just started operating under this mantra that better is still just better, right? Yeah, I absolutely. Think, I think that's just as that's just, that's just, is better is just better. Um
1: Today should be better than tomorrow. And,
0: that, and that's how you get it. Do you have any any final words of wisdom for everybody out there before we wrap up?
1: Um, one thing I would tell you is don't give up. Keep talking about it. The more you talk about the concept of HOP, about learning teams, about resiliency and building capacity and essential controls, the more you talk about that, the more likely it's going to become common language. Yeah. And people are going to start to get on board. You can do little mini news articles and, and hang them up, put them in your lunchroom. Just pick one topic and see who bites on it and, right. and keep sharing that message because somewhere along the line, you're going to start picking up people who are interested mm-hmm. in moving this forward and asking how they can help.
0: Absolutely. That, that's perfect because you will find, if you put if you drop the line out there, if you drop the fishing line, you will find the, the hot, passionate people in your organization because I promise you that they're there. So that's awesome. Well, thank you, Patty.
1: Thanks, Sam. It was great being here. Cool. Well, what did you think about that?
0: I thought it was kind of cool. I'm pretty sure I know your answer. Patty is amazing. If you don't follow her on LinkedIn, make sure you go check her out. It is Patty Kapperman, CS P she's amazing she's a wealth of knowledge it was awesome having her on i look forward to having her on again like it love it hate it got to have more of it let me know send me an email slide into the dm shoot me a text message all that fun stuff until next time it is sam goodman the hop nerd signing off bye everybody bye